0: that song praise the Lord that's awesome thank you worship team great job guys praise the Lord hey well you can remain standing just for a moment we have a special guest speaker tonight he's not really I mean he's a guest of course but he's not foreign to us he's our own pastor Vince would you please put your hands together praise God well, bless the Lord. Um, before we get in this, why don't you open your Bibles to First Peter chapter 2. In First Peter chapter 2, I'm going to be reading verses 9 and 10. If you're ready, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. That's oh, okay. It's all right. Praise the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And they read like this. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, God. Let it continue to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path to reveal your will for our lives, God, to show us the way that we are to walk, Lord, before you, God, all the days of our life, God. Order our steps, for you said the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. So we thank you tonight, Lord, that we're here, we're ordained to be here. We're here for a reason, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to speak to us. Speak to each and every last one of us tonight as your word is brought forth. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. God. Hallelujah. First of all, I want to thank Pastor Daniel for giving me the privilege of coming and serving in the church. Not just, you know, preaching his word, but I, I came here to serve God. You know, and and what a pleasure it is to serve God in a place where not only the pastor but the people love God. Amen. It's an amazing thing. So I thank Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen, of course, because they don't do anything unless they have agreement. So she had to agree to this. So praise God. So if I mess up, it's their fault. Praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you know I. A number of years ago, I pastored in, um, in the island of Kauai, which is the first place that I pastored. Before becoming a pastor, I was a minister. They made me a minister. As a matter of fact, I was in the first group of people that KC ever made ministers. Amen. What does that mean? It means I'm old. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. So I was, the, I was the first one in, in a group of people that they made they made ministers. Of the people that they made ministers that night, I was the first one to become a pastor. Okay, so. And um, three people on that first group was from Pastor Daniel's church. Okay, he's, he's very aggressive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And now we got ministers and pastors, you know, in the plenty, and we're going to make more. It's, it's important for the people of God to move up. I, I I want you to know I got I got saved in 1986. Um, I met I met my wife in oh my goodness okay so in 81 82 81 or 82, right? 82. I met my wife in 82. Now I'm I'm gonna tell you that I wasn't saved when I met her. Okay, so, so she was going to church, and they were like saying, and I, I'm not saying that I don't believe like they believe. It. They say, don't be unequally yoked. You know, and they were telling her to, to leave me and everything, but, but God knew. God so loved me. It so blessed me. He wouldn't let her totally, absolutely out of my life. It was, it was a great thing. Praise God. God did me a favor. So I, knew, I know about the goodness of God because he was good to me concerning my wife. And also, I want you to know that, and I, and I believe I told you this before, that from the age of seven to, the, to I got saved at the age of 26, that I was tormented by the devil. I mean, every night was crazy. Every night was wild. I'm just telling you the, the, the devil is an evil taskmaster. He never lets up. And he oppressed me. Man, when I got saved and I found out that it was an external force that was jacking with me, I was like, oh, that's wrong. But then good news came. The good news was that that God would raise me up and allow me to torment my tormentor. I know the Bible says vengeance is mine. But when I read that scripture it says you shall cast out demons in my name, I was like, "Sign me up, Jesus!" <laughs> Hallelujah! And you know, half of my motivation was I wanted some payback. Y'all have to excuse me; I'm from Cleveland. We 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 don't um, we don't get even; we get ahead. And I really wanted to get ahead. The devil is under my feet; Amen. he's a defeated foe. When I start finding that stuff out, the only reason that he could ever mess with me is because of my lack of knowledge. But when I found out who I was, yeah. when I found out I was made in the image of God and God wanted me to represent him on the earth, and I read that passage that said Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the devil, I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. I get to go and slap the devil around. Oh, my goodness. I was always a fighter. I was, I was always a rabble rouser. That's a really old term for troublemaker. You know, And I was always like that. In school, you know, I spent most of my time in the principal's office. You know, I had the gift of gab. You know, I could just come up stuff in the middle of a classroom that didn't have nothing to do with the class. <laughs> Which if you're a teacher, that's the most irritating thing in the world. And so, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in the, in, the, in the assistant principal's office. You don't go to the principal's office. You go to the assistant principal's office. You know, that's where you sit because the, the principal don't want to be bothered, but he don't mind bothering his assistant. So, and I'm telling you all this is because God has taken me on a journey. I'm going to tell you what it used to happen. I, I, used to, um, I used to lay awake at night being tormented. Now, after I met Ava, I knew she knew somebody that I didn't know. But sometimes that's as close as you can get, that's as close as you need to get, knowing somebody that knows somebody that can do something about your situation and circumstances. And she'll tell you, you know, I'd call her in the middle of the night being tormented of the devil and and ask her to pray for me. And she would pray for me and I would fall asleep right on the phone. Just boom. 300 miles away, she prays, I go to sleep right as she's praying. I just boom, devil just let me go, loose me. Man, this authority thing and, and how we walk in Christ is so important. it's so important to know who you are. Amen. So important. because the devil will try to convince you, you something you ain't. He'll, he'll try to convince you because of your circumstances situation that you're, you're weak and feeble and, you, and he'll always try to tell you what you cannot do. You know, and, he, and he's always lying. Not some of the time, he is always lying. The devil tell you something, he's lying to you. I don't care how real it looks, that's all it does is look real. It's not real, he's lying to you. And you know, some of you have believed the lies about yourself. You know, because you've done some bad things. You know, maybe maybe you were, you, were, you were addicted to drugs, but you're not a drug addict. No, not when you know Christ. I just want you to know that. You're no longer a drug addict. Once you come to God, God makes you who you really are. You have to understand that that God wants to impart your true identity to you. And we'll look at our history. Man, I'll I'll look look at my attitude in school and think I was dumb. that's That's how really in the back of my mind was I really couldn't learn. And, you know, then I got saved. And, you know, and, and, and to show you how good God is, I got saved. I got laid off my job. I was working under contract at NASA <clears throat> in Hawaii. And when I got, when I got saved, when, when I got laid off after six years of working for NASA, they sent us to school to re-educate us. And that was scary for me because school was college. So I went down to the community college on the island of Kauai. And I started taking classes. Every class that I took and completed, I made an A. I didn't even know what an A looked like before. <laughs> I was like, "What's this strange mark you put on my paper? It's said A." You know, and I was like, "Wow!" And you know, and and you know, when you ask for wisdom, God will give it to you. And stuff. But if you think of your, yourself the way that you used to be before you got saved then you won't continue to grow in Christ. And, you know, and it's an amazing thing. You know, uh, through a series of, a, of, of events, you know, God changed, began to change me and transform me and make me something that I, I thought I would never be. But I understood, see, how the enemy comes to pervert the gift of God in you. Because remember, in, in, in high school and in, in junior high and high school, I just ran my mouth all the time. Yak, 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 but I wasn't saying anything. (laughs) I got saved, and God called me to be a preacher. And it wasn't like, uh, huh, what was that? I don't understand how I could be a preacher. I understood exactly what God said when he said, you're going to be a preacher. He spoke that to me. He spoke in my heart. He confirmed it through the prophetic word. And I knew exactly that that the enemy had perverted my mouth. And what I used to tear down, God was going to use me to build up. And I was, like, "Wow, Amen. it's an amazing thing. Uh, and they, they used this Christian stuff and they said, you know to reverse the curse and stuff that's on your life. And I know how God works because in my life, he reversed the curse. you know He turned it around. He, he made the, the, the dumb boy smart, okay, in the mouth a, a man, a preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll do that for you. I mean, you know, you come to, it ain't weird in the Bible that you come to places where you, where you see yourself steeped in doubt. Even Moses said, you know, I can't do it, God, I'll, I'll stutter. You know, Gideon said, oh, you must be talking about somebody else because I'm the least, I, my family is the least in, in our whole town and, and I'm the least in my family. You know, it's, it's an amazing thing that God will reverse the curse in your life and what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for your good. Yeah. See, I've learned that. I've, I've learned a whole lot of things that I didn't know before. I didn't know that God would, would, would fight for you. I didn't know he would go to battle for you. Because, you know, I, I shouldn't be here, you know, several times over. You know, I should be <laughs> I'm not going to well, I'll be honest. I, I should have been in prison or dead. You know, like 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 most of my friends, are you know the people I grew up with, you know they're just life is messed up. Is, is anybody else life is messed up back home, back where you grew up, back back where that stuff is all jacked up? But God literally adopted me into His family, and you know where I once grew up in a went to an all-black high school, grew up in an all-black neighborhood with all kind of different kind of assorted people. Never ever, not once did I ever feel at home in Cleveland, Ohio, never. I was growing up, you know, they would be, I would be doing crazy stuff like running off down to the park in the hills, hanging out outside the cultural museums and stuff like that, and any place there was a tree, I was in it, okay, love to climb stuff, love to explore stuff. I didn't belong in Cleveland, and when I got to the island of Kauai for the first time in my life, I'm not joking, I got to Hawaii, for the first time in my life, I felt that I was home. I was like, wow, this is like, yeah, this is me. So we spent 27 years in Hawaii, you know, and then, you know, got snatched out of there and got bought to Wasilla. <laughs> what an amazing journey that was. But you know what? I'm going to tell you how good God was. It got so hot in Hawaii. We couldn't stand it no more. We could sleep at night. It was like being tormented all over again. And you know, 27 years after being there, knowing the climates and everything, all of a sudden, I just we couldn't do it no more. And Pastor Daniel invited us to come to Alaska, and we just jumped. On the, like the next plane. And we got here. It's an amazing thing. I just want to explain a few things to you tonight. And we're going to be, we're going to be done pretty quick. You are a chosen generation. Amen. So when you feel like nobody wants me. Nobody, you know, nobody likes me. God chose you. Amen. He handpicked you. He went, I want you. Amen. And he came and got you. And put you in a place where you could get saved. He did that for you. Because he has a plan and a destiny for your life. And God not only doesn't make any junk, he doesn't choose any junk either. I mean, he knows everything. Every thought you ever thought or will ever will think. Every mistake you ever made and every mistake you ever will make. But yet he still chose you. He's God you know what? Because he's God and you're not. He knows the end from the beginning. He didn't call you for nothing. He called you for something. God loves you. And I'm just now starting to understand that. God calls you a royal priesthood. You know what that means? He means a, 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 a kingly priesthood. He, he wants you to minister to people in every capacity that you can. He called you into the priesthood. He says, you're a royal Not only any priesthood, but you're a royal priesthood. You're a king and a priest to serve your God. Yes, amen. And I'm going, you sitting there, while you're sitting there disqualifying yourself, oh, I did down I did and I don't really feel that. Your feelings will lie to you. Right. What God says is true. The Bible says that God be true And every man a liar. And you've been lying to yourself because you are royal priesthood. Oh, my goodness. You call Jesus Lord? You're a chosen generation? Generation X, generation baby boomer, whatever whatever it is. You know, God chose you. He chose you to show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, I understand that because I, I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. I know how to be called out of darkness. <laughs> wow! Anybody that leaves Cleveland. Hallelujah, God got me out of Cleveland. I, didn't li- I never liked the place. I turned to 18. I, I, I left Cleveland. I never went back. I'd never live in Cleveland again. I mean, I'd go back to visit my, 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 my parents. I'll go back to visit my mom and go back to just a, a little while in, in, in Pennsylvania and pick me up a little something-something. You know? <laughs> Hallelujah. God blessed me and highly favored me. And now, you know, I have a wife. You know, I got three kids. I have... Um, I have I have six grandkids one in the oven okay okay <laughs> we're gonna have a we're going to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, I have an extra grandchild somewhere <laughs> <laughs> In Titus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared... To all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Right. So, you know, that, that word sober means that you shouldn't be high or under the influence. Okay, so, but whatever means that you do that, you know, that you should never be. Not in your right mind. And that's important for some people to know. <laughs> I'm not. Okay, I'm not. Okay, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God, okay. Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people that are zealous for good works. He wanted to to come and save us himself. He could have raised up somebody. He could have did that. He know he's God. He can make whatever he wants to make. But instead, he said, no, I love them so much that I'm going to get them. That's a God that loves you. I don't care what the world tells you, what the television tells you, your God loves you. Man, you're special to him. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, it says, do all things without complaining and disputing. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast the word of life so that... I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Paul is saying here, man, I have planted seeds in you guys, man. I've, I've sown the word into you guys and I don't want to do that in vain. Let the word work in you. You know, you be, you be blameless. you be faultless. He says, stop all this complaining. Stop all this mess dropping. Keep moving forward. Keep going on. In the, you know, any idiot, can look around the room and find something wrong. Okay, but it takes a man or a woman of God to find something, watch this, something right and wrong people. people. But he did that for us all. This is why we were yet sinners. Not when we got right, not when we got ourselves together. And God says, you gotta be like me. You gotta find right in people. And you gotta take that right in people and heighten it. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta increase that what is right in people and it'll overcome what's wrong in them. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you. The, the word of God says whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things be a good virtue, thinking on these things. He wants you to see like that when you look at the people that he look at. When you look at your brothers and sisters, you know that one that didn't pay you back? You know, they're sitting over there in the next aisle, you know, and a couple of seats over. You know, that one that, that, that lied to you and abandoned you. You know, you in a church family, you know, it's just like any other family. Stuff is going to go wrong. But you know, when, you, when your baby breaks your favorite plate, you don't throw the baby out. You know. You know, when your son gets in your, in your, your $45,000 vehicle and put that thing in reverse and backs into a light pole. That ain't never happened, but I'm just saying. You know, what you going to do? You got to love and forgive them. That's all you can do. It's the right thing to do. And so we need to love and forgive each other. My goodness, we're all family, and that's what you do. Family teaches you, you can love people even though you're mad at them. Even though you're all upset. You can still love them. And, and and they give us little kids so so that he would heighten that point because that's all you can do to them. And then he gives you grandkids, and it's like, see what your your your, your grandson did? No. <laughs> Hear no evil, see no evil. Okay, it's biblical. And that that verse is in there because of grandkids. You can you. I corrected. I spent all my energy correcting my kids. That's right. I was done when my grandkids were born. <laughs> know. They were really bad. Well, I'm going to go get them some ice cream and talk to them. You know? <laughs> 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 That's what grandparents do. Praise God. Come on, brother. <laughs> okay, I got to wrap this thing up. So the four things that this, this passage of Scripture talks about in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 are this, that your chosen generation, okay, way back in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, it says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. Number two, a royal priesthood. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, it says, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Right? So it also says the third thing is is be a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. God called you a holy nation. Okay, wow. That's amazing. Even though you're not perfect. Even though you make mistakes even though you blow it sometimes, God still calls you a holy nation. He calls not only you as an individual a holy nation, but he calls us as a church a holy nation. Yes. Right. Amen. He calls us as a group of people. You know, we well, I didn't have a family, you know, but when I got saved, my family grew exponentially. Yeah. You know, God gave me brothers and sisters in the Lord. Right. You know, he gave me, he gave me, people to to look after to care for and to speak the word you know to be involved in their lives not just to be somebody across the street or somebody across town or something like that you know when something happens to one person in this congregation I respond and I just go I just I get involved that's what I do and that's what we ought to do for each other You know, it's one thing to to hear somebody did something or something like that and to sit back and get on your high horse and start talking about stuff you don't know nothing about. Or you can get involved in somebody's life and go find out what's wrong with your brother and sister and if they need help, if they need healing, if they need deliverance, if they've forgotten who they were and they need to be reminded. Woo! You're a special, we're a special people, the Bible says. In Ephesians chapter one, verse 14, it says, who is the guarantee, speaking of the Holy Spirit, of our inheritance until the redemption of the purposed possession to the praise of his glory? Now, I know that sounds funny, but you know what? When he says that you're a, a chosen people, when he says that you're a, You're a holy nation. When he says that you, he's what he's saying is is that you're a peculiar people, or you're a purchased people. Is what he's saying. In the Greek, he's saying, you know, I came back and I I bought you with my blood. You belong to me. Tell her, you fool. No, don't say. The problem with not knowing who you are is that the enemy then can lie to you. Because you don't know that that wisdom is yours, that you can ask God and he'll give you wisdom. Okay. Because you don't know that, the devil can come and lie to you and tell you how dumb you are. And like, you know, I'm just saying this, that no matter where you start, you don't have to end there. God can help you. I don't know if y'all know. All, all three of my kids are adopted. Did y'all know that? Yeah. You know, um, Andre was born with crack cocaine in his system. Okay, when, when Andre was born, they said, you know what, he, he's probably gonna be on drugs and, and all this stuff. We didn't even know about Andre until after he went into the foster care system. That's when we, well, our relatives did tell us about him. We had never met him, or, you know, or anything like that. And they, they kept them away from us, even though his older brother and older sister were adopted by us. Then Andre comes along, because we think we're, we're done. Then Andre comes up, good <laughs> for us. <laughs> okay. Um, but what it was amazing was... I think Andre was on the island of Kauai. He came to the island of Kauai. He was, he was there for, what, a half an hour? And we pulled away from the airport after talking to the social worker who had brought him all the way from Texas to drop him off to us. And we're driving away with Andre. You know, we got, we got praise and worship going on in our car. And, and Ava taps me, and, looked, and I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and Andre's, you know, he's three and a half years old. He's got both his hands up in the air worshiping God. And we were like, you know, and the, and, the, and the reason I'm telling you that is because of this. No matter, God kept that boy, you know. When he, I mean, you know, in the delivery room, in the de- in the delivery room, he was removed from his, his his mom's care, you know. And um and he was obviously had to be put in a Christian home. That was amazing. Amen. Hallelujah. His, um, his birth mom was here just about two weeks ago. She was here. Praise God. Very dramatic. <laughs> but you know what? Ava and I ain't punks. And we ain't scared of nobody. You know, And we, we definitely ain't scared of no devils. The reason why I wanted to talk to you about who you were tonight. It's for this one simple message that I want to get across you. You do not have to stay the way that you are. You don't have to put up with no circumstance or no situation that's ungodly, unscriptural. My kids are going to serve God. Sooner or later, they're coming home. Because the word of God promises me my household. My grandkids are going to serve God, or they're going to have to kill their granddaddy, <laughs> because I will chase them down, I will run them down, I will hound them until they get back right with God. I want you to know that we, you don't have to accept defeat, you don't have to accept anything from the enemy, that's ungodly. You don't have to accept nothing from the devil, not, not a single thing. We're not doing it. And you know, you got to become the royal priesthood. You got to become the chosen generation. You got to stand up and be accounted for. And when your, when your parents ain't acting right, and they acting all crazy, and your siblings are, are flipping out, you got to be the rock. You got to be the one. i would tell you, you know what? I don't, I don't put them down. I just call them out of darkness. Into his marvelous light, because I know who I am. Amen. And I know I can go to my father and ask for anything. And I'm going to him, and I say, you, "God, save my sister. Help my. I know somebody prayed for me. That's the only way. God, save my brother. I put myself in a position to be used by God in my church family and in my personal family. Amen. You have to. The enemy is always trying to disqualify you from being light shining in darkness." salt and light in the world, and he's just trying to get you to so caught up in your own thing, start caught up in your own world, start caught up in your own problems, that you ain't got time for nobody else. But I want you to know, whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah, God delivered me, hallelujah, from a torment and demon. I got saved, the very next morning, I woke up for the first time in my life, I didn't even know what happened to me. I just, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and somebody had to say those words to me because I never heard them. All I heard was God say, "Boom, it's done." And I went, "Whoa, what was done?" I was, and I was like, "Whoa!" And I went home that Sunday, and you know, Monday I got to go to work, right? And the funny thing happened to me for my first time in 19 years since I was seven years old. I was 26 then. Is I laid down and went to sleep and just woke up in the morning, and I went. Whoa, Then all this hot stuff started running down my face. I didn't even know what it was and it was it was tears It's said so because something inside of me had reacted to what had happened to me during the night And I was like, whoa And I wasn't even talking to Ava because I couldn't even I couldn't put it into words You know, I was still trying to figure out in my mind. You know how guys are we got to figure it out first You know, we got to rationalize that thing somehow I was trying to figure it out and I just didn't have the ability to do that because I didn't know anything about the spiritual realm but now I do. God spoke to me. said, if you're having nightmares, that thing ends tonight. So I want to pray for you because there ain't no way in the world a blood-bought child of God is having nightmares. Unless the enemy has found a way, there's a stronghold somewhere inside and he's, and he's exerting force where he does not have the right to do that. It's illegal. Okay, so we're going to start some illegal stuff tonight I want. So specifically God spoke to me about those in torment because I know about it. Don't even take nothing. Some people, this is what the enemy used to do to me, this is what I know I'm talking about. You'd be laying in bed or maybe you, you're, you're trying to go to sleep and you'll be like halfway there and there's something to come and grab you. See, I know about that. That thing will come and grab you and all of a sudden you can't move. As you labor in your breathing, you're hearing voices, however like, like you wanna do it, and stuff, and it takes you a little while before you can get control and start moving around again. See, that's torment. I went through that for 19 years. A bozo messing with me every night of my life, every night. But enough, enough. This far have you come, Satan. See, you learn all these little sayings. But no further shall you go. In the name of Jesus, I bind you and I cast you out in Jesus' name. So I'm going to pray for some people tonight. Hallelujah. God is a deliverer. He's a savior. He's a healer. You know, I put up with stuff if God lets me put up with stuff. But there's stuff in your life that's wrong. You do not have to put up with it. You ain't got to be mean. You ain't got to be angry. You ain't got to be nasty. Come on, Jesus. Because our God's a savior. And he means to save you mind, body, soul, and spirit. He means to put a two-edged sword in your hand so that you can wage war, give you a shield of faith. Hallelujah. Give you armor that the enemy cannot penetrate make you stronger faster better than you've ever been before (laughs) old people know what i just said you had to watch television many years ago but but praise god we're done playing games you know some of y'all are done being are done being dumb. feeling it's only a feeling it's not real when you you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You became one of the smartest people on the planet. That's true. There's no limitations on you. There's nothing that you cannot do that God put on your heart. God's going to help some people tonight. You're going to... I like that part in Lion King where he says, Simba, you have forgotten me. No, Father. You've forgotten who you are. you got to remember who your father is and what he's done to you and what he calls you supersedes anything that anybody has ever called you even what you call yourself so we're going to close this service and if you got to leave you leave and if you and you want prayer I believe that there's a delivering prayer that's coming to take the chains off of you hallelujah, and set you free from any limitations that the enemy has placed on you tonight we are walking in the promises of God tonight. And we're not letting anything hold us back. Would you stand as we close service tonight? I'm, I never want to close a service. <laughs> Without giving somebody an opportunity to allow Jesus to be Lord and Savior in their lives. The importance of this is that you need somebody stronger than you. If you could beat your enemies up, you'd have done it already. But you need God's help. You don't need my help. You need God's help. And God can only help you if you allow him to. So if you will invite Jesus into your life tonight to be your Lord, to be your Savior, he will do for you what he did for me. Step into your life, step into the ring of your life, and begin to beat all your enemies up. Everything ain't broken overnight. It ain't gonna change overnight, because God made you the way that you are for a certain reason, and He has to. He has to work that out of you. He has to make the change, without changing who He created you to be. And that's a process that we go through. It's as good as done, but we have to go through the process, and the first step is receiving Jesus tonight. So if you would bow your head and repeat this prayer after me. Say this out loud. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you tonight to forgive me for all my sins, for all my mistakes. I know that you died for me on the cross at Calvary, but you rose again and are alive forevermore. You saved me. You're healing me, and you're setting me free. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. In your precious name I pray. Amen.